With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, when I was in journalism school at your Rutgers University, the number 30 signified the end. You put 30 at the end of your story to signify that you are done writing. The good news today is that the number 30 does not mean the end. It just means episode 30 of the Rutgers Scoutcast, where I am your host, Sam Hellman, and we are getting ready for, well, it's a big game, but it's also a big challenge for Rutgers, and that is a road trip to number two Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio. It has not been a fun week for Rutgers fans. It hasn't been a fun seven to ten days. It goes back to... A tough 14-7 loss against Iowa at home in the Big Ten opener. Chris Ashes' first game coaching against the Big Ten with Rutgers. Rutgers didn't play very well, but they played well enough that Rutgers should have won that game. There were too many missed opportunities. There were too many problems in the passing game. There were issues at linebacker over and over. We've discussed them all. I've given out my report card. I've reacted to Chris Laviano's struggles, and you can check all of that out on scarletreport.com. But that's just where the bad news started. It got a lot worse after the game when it became clear that Rutgers was going to have to move on without two of its best leaders, two of its seniors, and that's Janarian Grant and Quanzel Lambert. Both are done for the year, season-ending injuries against Iowa. Grant went down right before halftime with a pretty gruesome leg injury, and at the end of the game, Quanzel Lambert got rolled up and it looked like he blew out his knee. That's tough. But we're going to talk about that in the body of the show. I want to talk about what both of those seniors mean to this program because I've known them both since high school and it's really tough to see that happen to guys that worked so hard this offseason. Um, they bought into what the new coaching staff was teaching, knowing that their senior year, their final year at Rutgers, it was going to be a rebuilding year, but they were still committed to helping that building process, even though it might not have meant a lot of wins this season. But we'll talk about that in the body of the show. In getting ready for Ohio State, I have two interviews that I want to share with you this week. First, it's going to be the traditional interview with Sebastian Joseph. Had a lot of fun talking off the field stuff talking about being a student athlete at Rutgers, talking about the drama club, lots of fun stuff. I've known Sebastian for quite some time. I remember right after he committed, I went to his high school, went in his locker room before a game and really met his teammates, met his coaches. I was in a defensive meeting with them and there was a lot, there's a lot there. He's a fun guy. So you're going to hear from Sebastian Joseph. I had a lot of fun talking to him. And then at the end of this show, I want to share an interview that I did on Monday with Miles Nash. Now, if you're a Scarlet Report member, you've already seen this video, but I think it it bears replaying, or if you haven't, if you're not aware of it yet, I'd like you to listen to it at the end of the show. It's Miles Nash talking about what it means to lose Quanzel Lambert. They're very close friends. They're very close families. 
they really are kind of like brothers based on their family situations. Uh, Miles Nash probably would not have ended up at Rutgers if not for Quanzel Lambert. Uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that Miles Nash might have transferred out of Rutgers if not for his friendship and the leadership from Quanzel Lambert. So that'll be something to listen to at the end of the show that's pretty interesting. Also, Miles Nash talks about his relationship with Greg Schiano. Schiano was the first person that ever offered him a scholarship, and he did that while he was Rutgers head coach before his stint with Tampa Bay. We're going to get to Sebastian Joseph in just a second, but yes, it's, it's that time of week again. It's time for me to tell you all a little something about what I like to call fanessentials.net. How would you like to get your favorite team's merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? Well, check out fanessentials.net. All you do is pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get your team's gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear so you don't have to, and each fan box comes packed full with amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan, or you can be selfish and go ahead and get one for yourself. Prices start at just $34.99 at fanessentials.net. But here's the thing. Because you're a fan of the Rutgers ScoutCast, you can use my promo code SCARLET. You put that in at fanessentials.net at checkout, and you get 30% off your first month just like that. Visit fanessentials.net to get all the essentials you need. Sebastian, how do you think that things are going on the defensive line right now? You're approaching, you're starting to get to that like one third of the way through the season. Big Ten football's underway. Yeah, um, I think um, as a D line, uh, we've improved each game. Um, uh, obviously, there's more room for improvement, you know. Um, uh, but um, uh, um, uh, we, we, like I said, we keep improving each week, and that's the goal, you know, to keep getting better each week and uh, keep making strides, you know, to be a be a great defensive line you specifically in your position you're not there to rack up the stats that's that's jpo's job that's darius's job so when you see them put up such big numbers does that feel good for you too yeah of course um uh those, those guys are those guys are my best friends you know um uh i know i know um uh, if i do my job you know they make plays and and uh, vice versa you know i'm uh i love it when i see them see my teammates succeed and uh yeah they've been playing amazing so credit goes out to them well i was gonna say part of that credit goes out to you too your job is to create space for them so when they play well they probably owe you a little something right uh i guess if that's what you want to say you know i just try to do my job and yeah you know whatever i do, try to do my job and you know if plays come to me please come to me you know that's 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 the, that's the kind of guy i am you know that's, that's it Physically, how much better do you feel now compared to what you used to be? You played through so many injuries early yeah. in your career, and now you're healthy and you're bigger than I've ever seen. You. Yeah, um, honestly, yeah, I, I, it feels great. Um, uh, you know, uh, I don't have to worry about I don't have to worry about my arm and stuff like that. And I, yeah, so you know, it feels great. Honestly, uh, on my ankle last year, so it feels real great. Um, uh, thank God, credit goes to God for that. Um, so yeah, I'm just ready to keep you know keep improving each week. You know. Um, I know you were real close to Coach Panagos, your old coach. Mm-hmm. What has it been like changing position coaches and now getting to work with Coach Burnham every day? Um, coach, um, obviously, uh, you know Coach Panagos is a great coach, and and I, and I miss him a lot. To, um, but uh, Coach Burnham's a great coach as well, and, and uh, he's helped me a lot develop my game, especially in uh, 
uh, pass rush-wise. Um, uh, there's a lot of things that I didn't know about myself that he's taught me and things that that, that uh, I've been improving on since to Coach Burnham. Thanks, Coach Burnham. So, yeah, I think Coach Burnham is a great coach as well. All right, so I don't know if you'll remember this, but when you were a recruit, um, I, we hadn't even met yet, but mm-hmm. I called you and, and we were talking and you said something like... Uh, Hang on, I have play practice right now. I gotta call you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, I remember that. What What is your theatrical uh, experience? I guess my theatrical experience. All right. So in high school, in high school, I had uh, shout out to Strasburg. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Strasburg High School. Um, I had two leading roles, two years in a row. One in thirteen. The play was called Thirteen. I played. Uh, I played one of the one of uh, the best friends, uh, henchmen. Uh, he was a henchman. Sounds terrifying. Uh, no, yeah, no. But it was funny though. I was like, I was, it was funny. And the other leading role I had was my senior year. Um, anything goes. I was the captain of the ship. Wow. So yeah. Uh, what was? What is, I mean, I don't know a lot of football players that are elite high school football players and also actors. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I try to. I try to. Uh, try to diversify myself, you know, uh, I just don't want to be known as a football player, you know, um, obviously I am a football player and I love I love the game, but uh, I want to show that, uh, I, I want to show uh, people that um, that football players are also people as well, and, you know, it's not just all about football, we could do, we could, we could do many things and stuff like that. Uh, what are the chances that a video of one of those plays shows up in the D-line room one day? <laughs> I don't know, but if it does, I'll be proud of it. <laughs> I have no shame in my game, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sebastian, you mentioned being seen as more than just a football player. I know you're serious about your academics at Rutgers, mm-hmm. too. Yes, sir. Uh, you happen to be following a similar academic path that I did at Rutgers. Yes, How sir. do you like the uh, School of Communication and Information? Oh, I love it. Um, uh, it's a great, a great, great school. Great school. Uh, um, uh, great field of work. Shout out to Steve Miller. Uh, uh-huh. man. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, I love it, man. I'm learning so much, and uh, and I just can't wait to really dive or have an opportunity to go out and look for a job or start doing internships and stuff like that. If the NFL doesn't work out, I'll hire you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. I appreciate it, <laughs> Sebastian. Three kind of weird Rutgers questions okay. uh, to close this. Who, who's your favorite um, Rutgers athlete? My favorite Rutgers athlete of all time. Sure. You can't ah. pick yourself. Oh, I know. I know. I can't. I know. I'm not going to do that. Right. Favorite Rutgers athlete of all time. Sheesh. That's a great question. Um, that's what I'm paid to do. Ask the, ask the tough ones. That, that's a good one. Favorite. I'd probably say favorite Rutgers athlete. Paul Robeson. Uh, Look at the academic answer. Uh huh. Uh huh. Paul Robeson, because he, uh, like I said, he didn't, he didn't let um, uh, himself just being a football player define himself. You know, he was both about his, about his athletics and academics, and he uh, made a great cause here at Rutgers. You know, he's a great example here for Rutgers. So that's probably my favorite athlete. Um, how about two more for you? Uh, being a football player, what's your favorite football memory so far? Favorite football memory was probably when we beat Michigan. Michigan, my uh, Richard freshman year, I was pretty, I was pretty epic. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty, that was pretty great. Memory. Last one. If I let you get one more meal at Rutgers, uh-huh. like one more restaurant, where okay. would you go? What would you order? Hmm, one more meal at Rutgers. All right, let me think. This is another good. This is another good. Yeah. 
Mm-mm. Some of your teammates have struggled with this one, but uh, Hansel's the uh, easy answer, I think. Uh, no, Hansel, no, Hansel's up there. Uh, oh, Takaria. I go Takaria. What'd you eat? Uh, I'd get a, I'd get a, 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 a spicy, a spicy chicken burrito with uh, guac, a chipotle aioli, and a, and a spicy pork quesadilla with chipotle aioli. Don't tell Kenny Parker. No, I don't know. I don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't tell Coach Parker. <laughs> Thanks, Sebastian. No problem, Sam. Appreciate it, man. Thank no you. Always it was fun. Talk. Always good talk. Okay, thanks again to my guy, Sebastian Joseph. One of my all-time favorites to deal with at Rutgers, both as a recruit and now as a player. He he wins in the smile department, that's for sure, and, and he knows how to make the most of any situation. Thank you to Sebastian Joseph for giving me a couple of minutes, and I look forward to next week's show and getting everything, continuing that momentum. But let's jump right into the news, and where else are we going to start other than Janarian Grant? Janarian Grant's injury stinks. It's a part of football, but that doesn't mean that we have to like it. Janarian Grant is a guy that really put in time this offseason to elevate his game from role player to star player, and we were seeing that. It's one thing to put up exciting numbers against Howard. It's another thing to keep that momentum going against a team like Iowa and that was the path that Janarian Grant was on before a freak injury ends his season and maybe his college career Uh, here's what I'll say about Janarian Grant and his eligibility look people are really into the numbers and the facts and the bylaws with this and in some ways it looks very good for Janarian Grant especially when you look at the Big Ten's rules and how the Big Ten handles Injuries at game four of the season and others aren't as good. And that's when you look at the NCAA and the team having to make a bowl game. But here's what I'll say. First off, don't worry about it for a couple months because nothing is going to change until the end of the season. So stop stressing over it. He's either going to get one or he won't. Personally, I hope he does. I love covering him and I'd love to see him around for another year. Assuming he wants to come back. I'm hearing right now he does, but things change. But two, just because the facts and numbers tell you something, it doesn't mean that that's absolutely what's going to happen. We're talking about the NCAA, the Big Ten. We're talking about college football decisions. How often do these decisions make sense? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, and sometimes they're totally arbitrary. Look at something like the sanctions against Penn State where they came down super hard, and then two years later they ended early and changed so much of the decision making is, you know, there's a PR aspect, there's political aspects, there's aspects that don't make any sense, and who knows? So what I'll say before I talk about Janarian Grant's impact on the field is that don't stress over it. You're, we're going to find out, and it's not going to be for a while, so just let it play out, let it happen, and let's focus on what Rutgers does have, because the more you worry about what Rutgers doesn't have, the more you're setting yourself up to get distracted. So let's talk about Janarian Grant and his on-field capabilities. First off, uh, he's an electric return man. I, I've said all offseason that I thought he was going to be an All-American this year, and you know what? He probably would have been. He would have set 
records in the return game, and it stinks that he didn't get that chance, but if he does come back, maybe that will continue. So what does Rutgers do in the return game? Well, on kick return, you have a good amount of options. You have what looks like Jawan Harris and probably Justin Goodwin as your main two guys, and, and they're both good athletes, and they're exciting, and they have a plenty of experience. And then Josh Hicks has done it. You can watch him, and then maybe DeCoven Bailey can do it. He's very athletic. He's very dynamic. He's competitive. Maybe he can do it. Maybe you don't quite trust him yet with uh, his hands still wrapped. But punt return is going to be tougher. There aren't a lot of guys on punt return with the balls that Janarian Grant has. Pardon my French. Not a lot of guys are going to catch the kind of punts that he took risks on. And the only time I really remember him failing on one of those risks was against uh, Howard earlier this year. And boy, did he make up for it, by the way. You have guys that are safe. And the safe option that I see right now is John Simmons. He's incredibly sure-handed, and he can get a few yards. He's got a little bit of wiggle to get a few yards if he has enough space. But I think that if you go the John Simmons route, then I would call that the Mohamed Sanu route. Everyone remembers the fair catch approach with Mohamed Sanu and Rutgers going all out for the blocks. I think that would be the strategy if you go with John Simmons. If you go with Jawan Harris, it means you're going to try to continue with what Janarian Grant did. That's exciting, but it's also a huge risk. Janarian Grant has four years worth of college punt return experience with those freak athletes running at you, getting ready to hit you. Juwan Harris does not have that. So that is a risk that you have to be willing to take if you turn to Juwan Harris or if you eventually turn to DeCoven Bailey. But those on Scarlet Report know DeCoven Bailey's told me before, hey, I'm not ready to do that yet. I don't have the kind of hands that Janarian Grant has on punt return. Uh, As a receiver, Janarian Grant cannot be replaced this year. Nobody on the roster can do everything that Janarian Grant can when it comes to playing slot back, being a potential deep ball threat, making things happen on bubble screens, making things happen in read option, making things happen in wildcat, throwing touchdowns to Andre Patton. I'm out of breath just describing the kind of impact Janarian Grant has had through four games. Now, as a wide receiver, Janarian Grant can easily... No, not easily, but can be replaced without a super amount of concern. Jawan Harris can be the bubble screen guy, and we saw Iowa adjust to him and treat him as a serious threat in their play calling. He can do that. He might not have the same second-level tackle breaking and power that Grant has, but he can make plays. We've seen Robert Martin make plays as a receiver out of the backfield. He's going to have to do more of that now. DeCoven Bailey is going to have to do more as a slot back. I love him as a potential read option guy. But the thing with read option is you still need a quarterback to do it, but we've talked enough about quarterbacks. We're not going to talk about them on this show. You guys know what I think, and I certainly know what you guys think, and girls, so we're not going to talk about that. So how would I replace Janarian Grant? Well, Juwan Harris has to be the main guy, but you know that Ohio State and defensive coordinator Greg Schiano, um, God, where do I know that name from? They're going to key on Juwan Harris and try and eliminate him and try and delete him from the passing game. And if you are able to delete him, it's a broken group of wide receivers. And maybe Andre Patton can get some separation. Maybe DeCoven Bailey is someone that Ohio State hasn't seen enough from to know how to game plan for. It's going to be tough. And as far as the Wildcat, I would project that this is the end of the Wildcat for this season. 
they didn't give enough reps to other guys in training camp where Wildcat would have been installed. The only guy I saw do it in camp was Grant. As much as Drew Merringer and Miles Nash joked about him using Wildcat, the uh, former Timber Creek quarterback, again, that was a joke. So don't take that too seriously. Rutgers has other former quarterbacks on the staff, some of their Florida guys. I think Isaiah Wharton did it. I know Anthony Chaffee played quarterback at Dayton. You heard him talk about that on this show two weeks ago. If Rutgers goes to a Wildcat, I think it's going to be with a conventional running back getting the direct snap. You got to keep in mind that with a Wildcat, the main goal is to give yourself an extra blocker by forcing someone to go out and cover the quarterback. So if they do go Wildcat, probably Robert Martin or Justin Goodwin, but I don't think that's going to happen. And that is where you're going to see the impact of Janarian Grant and where Rutgers could miss him most. Continuing on with the news here, Quanzel Lambert is a guy that deserves to be discussed just as much as Janarian Grant. No, Lambert's loss to this team is not as significant in terms of on-field production. It is a lot easier to replace a defensive end that was not a pass rush specialist than it is to replace your top playmaker. But Quanzel Lambert is a guy that is a tremendous leader for Rutgers. He was a tremendous leader for the defensive line. He, he had a lot of friends. He was one of the hardest workers on the team. He's a great student. Uh, he's someone that gave five years to Rutgers, and he's someone that deserves credit for honoring his commitment to Rutgers after he announced for Greg Schiano in early January and then decided to hold firm in his commitment when Kyle Flood became the head coach. Lambert had other options, but he chose not to take them. He chose to come to Rutgers to play middle linebacker. Well, that didn't work out, so he moved to defensive end where he wasn't playing. Then he played the R position, and by the time last year rolled around, he was big and strong and impactful enough to play a good season at defensive end. He was having a very good senior year. He was doing even better as a leader off the field. And the fact that his career at Rutgers comes to an end with a freak knee injury, getting rolled up at a game, you know, the very end of a game, it's tough. Again, I'll say Quanzel Lambert from Timber Creek High School, the guy that started a line of Rutgers players that have come from Timber Creek and continue to come from Timber Creek with Najee Jones committed in 2017. Quanzel's the guy that started that. He's going to be missed. But how do you replace him? Well, you just got to replace him. You know, uh, next man up is a true, true way of looking at it in terms of defensive linemen. Uh, Darnell Davis Jr., I know some will say we haven't heard much from him or seen much from him in the past. Well, if you say that, you're not paying attention. Uh, Darnell Davis Jr. had a great year on special teams last year. We've talked about him a lot in spring and summer for making strides. He's had a good start to this season. But now you're talking about another walk-on that has to start against elite Big Ten talent. And as much as I like Darnell Davis Jr. and commend him, all you got to do is turn on the film against Iowa and see how much he struggled against Iowa's offensive line. Uh, Guess what? Ohio State and Michigan, they're just as good, if not better, in the trenches. Rutgers needs to start getting even more creative with his blitzes to generate a pass rush. Uh, The linebackers have to be much, much better with their eye discipline, their gap assignments, and their tackling because without Quanzel, who is one of the better run supporters, there are going to be more runs funneled to the linebackers, and they have to be ready for that. 
Uh, also a defensive end, Miles Nash, who you're going to hear from in a couple minutes. He gets a bigger role now. I don't know if he's ready for that role, but it doesn't matter. He's 265 pounds, he's six foot five, and he wants to play football. Now is his time. Uh, keep an eye on Jimmy Hogan from Ramapo. He's developing. He can play multiple positions. Rondell Carter got a run in spring but has slowed down at defensive end while others passed him. And, well, you guys saw how it went with Kamoko Ture last week, and I guess I'll just leave it at that for defensive ends. So in closing on the defensive ends, my heart goes out to Quanzel Lambert. I-, I really wish him the best. He's an awesome guy. He's not someone that I got to know a ton in recruiting. But every time I talked to him, he was great. Every time I've talked to him since then, he's great. And he's one of those guys that when you know kids since high school, you always want to ask them about their high school, about their upcoming and, you know, other kids from their school. And I'll tell you what, whether it's asking Quanzel about Miles Nash, Tyreek Williams, whatever, he would light up. He loved Timber Creek. And it's the people that still support their high schools after they've moved on. Uh, it says a lot about who they are. And Quanzel Lambert was someone that gave his all for Rutgers this year. So hopefully these players are motivated and inspired and can give him some good memories while he's cheering on the sidelines. Okay, we're going to close out the news now with a little Rutgers basketball talk because don't look now, but basketball season and camp is just about underway. Uh, players are on campus. This team is together working hard in the classroom, working hard in workouts, and Midnight Madness is coming up. That's right. Midnight Madness is back at Rutgers. It went away under Eddie Jordan, and honestly, rightfully so. The interest wasn't there, and after everything with Mike Rice, it was probably time to uh, take your foot off the gas for a little bit. But with Steve Peichel and with his staff, You're talking about guys that had Midnight Madness at UConn and Pittsburgh, and they want to bring some of that juice and buzz here. I recommend that anyone that's in the area come out and check it out. It's going to be free. They're going to have fun stuff. I talked to my guy, Mike Greengarten, uh, who works in the uh, promotions department at Rutgers, and they've got some fun stuff planned. There's going to be a DJ, and we know all Rutgers fans love their DJs. And the important thing here is it's not just the men's basketball team. If you're a C. Vivian Stringer fan, if you just want to support Rutgers Athletics, this is a great way to do it. And again, I can't stress the whole free thing enough. Uh, I'll be at Midnight Madness. I look forward to seeing the team you know, show off a little bit. I'd love to see Corey Sanders throw down some Corey Sanders dunks. We'll see. I know that it's going to be something that Rutgers tries to make feel big. And the more fans that show up, the more it will seem that way. Uh, We'll get a lot more into my expectations for the season and for this team and how recruiting's going as we roll through October. But the other thing to keep in mind with Rutgers basketball is that we're almost at media day standpoint. Big Ten media day is two weeks away. They're having it in Washington, D.C. with obviously looking to capitalize on the new Maryland influence in the conference. Next year it will be in New York after the addition of Rutgers. Big Ten Tournament is in D.C. Uh, Sam Hellman is a D.C. guy. Why not have it there? I'll be down in D.C. with the coverage, and my guy Garrett Stepien will certainly be more than capable of handling the Rutgers football practice coverage during the couple days where I'm in D.C. for Big Ten Basketball Media Day. I think this is a great chance for Rutgers. Uh, Steve Peichel's in his first year as a coach, and he's a straight shooter, and everything he's done with the media so far, whether it's 
local guys like myself, uh, Jerry Carino, who you've heard on the show, Keith Sargent, who you've heard on the show, or the national people that have come by to do stories. I thought he's done a good job. And look, we know how far this basketball program is from where it needs to be. And the best thing Steve Peichel can do at this media day is be honest and just have a good time with everything. From what I'm hearing, the uh, attendance is not set in terms of players yet for Rutgers, but PSA from Sam Hellman of Scarlet Report, I'm just going to go ahead and say we need Corey Sanders at this event. He's too entertaining not to bring. He has too much of a social media following not to bring. And I think that Nigel Johnson will be a great guy to come to media day. I understand that he's never played a minute for Rutgers basketball, but he's probably going to be a starter this year. And he comes from Washington, D.C. He grew up in Ashburn, which is about 45 minutes from D.C. And he played his high school ball in Maryland. His father is a Washington Redskin. There's going to be a story there for the media. And hopefully, maybe we can see Nigel. If not, I'm sure he'll be someone that gets plenty of play when Rutgers returns for the Big Ten tournament. So again, there's not too much to say about basketball yet. I just want people to be aware that we're going to continue to cover Rutgers basketball like we do every season, and that's going to start at Big Ten Media Day. Guess what? Rutgers basketball, it's not that time-consuming. The games are short. The tickets are cheap. Now would be the time to jump on the bandwagon because maybe Steve Peichel is the guy that finally gets this done. Practice facility, funding, pad hobs. Things are changing, and don't you want to be able to say you were there when? I know I do. Anyway, uh, that's enough on Rutgers basketball, and that's enough from the news, so we're going to jump into the mailbag right now. Okay, that wraps up the news, and you're welcome for your respite this week from Brian Doan. You know, nothing like some positivity to brighten the news this week. Brian should be back next week to talk about uh, both of us being out on the road at some exciting high school games this weekend, talk about everything Rutgers, Ohio State, and get ready for what's going to be a hell of a weekend when Michigan comes back to Rutgers for the first time since Rutgers sent Michigan packing and stormed the field. Now, welcome into this week's Rutgers Mailbag segment. The best way for you to get involved in this segment is to just ask. Like they say in my family, any questions, just ask. Shoot me an email, shelman at scout.com. Shoot me a Twitter machine, Sam Hellman Scout on Twitter. Send me a private message or post on the Scarlet Report premium forums and you get first dibs. Now with that said, both questions this week came from the Scarlet Report forums and the on-topic question came from Bobaloo 0 And Bob asks... Has the linebacker play been what you expected, worse, or better this year? I feel like Rutgers got really lucky in finding Greg Jones. Well, I feel like Rutgers got really lucky that Greg Jones is such a hard worker because it's not necessarily that Rutgers found Greg Jones. Greg Jones found Rutgers. He was at multiple stops. He was away from football at Middlesex County College. Uh, He's from Colonia High School, always dreamed of playing at Rutgers and, you know, followed guys like Eric Legrand from that high school. So I guess the luck is that Rutgers built itself into an attractive place that Greg Jones worked four years to get there. But I wouldn't say that 
Rutgers found him as much as he found Rutgers. Anyway, back to the question. I think it's a great question, and it's hard to answer. But if I guess if I had to say yes, no, uh, exceed, or, or fail to exceed, I would say that the linebacker play has not been as good as I expected in preseason. This is nothing against Rutgers or its personnel, but it's been a pretty rough two months for linebackers. I mean, look at the Najee Clayton situation. He was a guy that I picked on this very show to be my breakout player this year, and boy, am I dead wrong on that one. It's hard to be a breakout player if you don't play. So that puts Rutgers in a tight spot. Trevor Morris just hasn't seemed healthy since training camp. And even if he is healthy, he's still a first-year linebacker that was a borderline safety when he came here. The same goes for Deontay Roberts, a middle linebacker. And Greg Jones is a converted running back safety that's starting at the most important position on the Rutgers defense. This is a position that Chris Ash coached Deron Lee last year, who's on the New York Jets, and now he has Greg Jones. Greg Jones works his butt off, and he knows the defense very well. I would say he's the smartest of the three linebackers on the field, but this isn't a Big Ten linebacker group, and the backups have not pushed the starters. Eric Margolis has played for Trevor Morris a little bit when Morris has struggled. He's playing through a foot injury right now that's slowing him down. I don't know how much of it is mental, how much of it is physical, but whatever it is, Morris is not 100%. Uh, Kevin Marquez, I'd like to see a little bit more of him at middle linebacker, but again, you're talking about a converted walk-on fullback starting in the Big Ten. At least he's a fifth-year senior. He's played well on special teams, and he's earned a scholarship, rightfully so. And then you're talking about Ronnie James, not Ronnie James Dio, regular Ronnie James, who could be a rainbow in the dark for them eventually at outside linebacker, but he's not ready yet. Uh, Tyreek Williams, Tyreek Maddox-Williams from Timber Creek, Love the kid on special teams. Not ready to be a Big Ten outside linebacker yet. And then you have T.J. Taylor from South Brunswick, who is clearly not 100% from his uh, ACL surgery last year. And he's done a great job on special teams as the personal protector on punts. But they seem to not really trust him running yet. And maybe it's him not trusting himself to run yet either. I don't know. I really haven't seen any of him at linebacker. So, sure... It's a tough situation because Rutgers is struggling at linebacker, but there's no easy answer. They're moving some of their best players to be out of position at linebacker and see what happens. Uh, I did not expect linebacker to do well this year. I figured they would be a a C, C C-plus type performing unit this year for Chris Ash. And right now they're probably more of a C, C C-minus, D-plus at times. We'll see how it goes. I do think that You ask me the question again in a month, and the linebackers will be playing a lot better than they are now. So thanks for the question. And uh, again, let's let's see how the linebackers improve. I think Jay Neiman's a good coach. I think Chris Ash is a good coach. And we'll see how they develop. Uh, Going off topic this week, the question came from Abro1975, also on the premium forums. And his question was asking about what, Local watering holes you might find us Rutgers football beat reporters uh, partaking in after events. Well, believe it or not, we do get along sometimes, us and other writers, uh, us Rutgers media and Rutgers public relations, all that kind of stuff. We get along and we may or may not frequent watering holes from time to time. 
I, of course, would never, you know, recommend or consume an alcoholic beverage. That is, I mean, come on. But hypothetically, if I did, I would say that most recently, uh, we don't really do much on campus because when you go on campus, it means that you run into people you don't want to run into. The last thing that I want to do on a Friday or Thursday night after covering a basketball game is go out to stuff your face and see you know, some football players in their offseason having a good time because they're 21 years old and that's totally fine in college. That's not a situation that I like to be in. It's one that was fun when I was in college, but now that I'm 27, it's weird, it's uncomfortable, and something I do my best to avoid. So usually somewhere very boring, somewhere away from campus. Uh, I've had a couple of very strange interactions, including a weird cameo that was awkward and ended very quickly when Eric Murdoch showed up in an Applebee's where a couple of us were after a game. If you don't know who Eric Murdoch is, you're better off. And it was a very weird couple of minutes. And then uh, I've been known to indulge a little bit at the end of the Chris Ash radio show at Quaker Steak and Lube. So if you'd like to visit with me and have a couple ginger ales after Chris Ash's radio show at Quaker Steak and Lube in Edison. You may find me or some other reporters there, especially leading into bigger games like Maryland and Penn State this season. So again, thank you for the questions in the Rutgers Mailbag segment. It's now time to close the show, and instead of a normal conclusion to the show, I want to play for you a few minutes of my interview with Miles Nash. Miles Nash has been one of my favorite people to talk to ever since he was a junior in high school. As a recruit, he always has something to say. He's not afraid of pushing the wrong buttons, being a little controversial, saying a little more than he should. And frankly, that's why you haven't heard him do a lot of interviews since he came to Rutgers is because he's a bit of a wild card. But the wild card was a lot of fun for me on Monday. Miles Nash brought real emotion and real thoughts to losing one of his best friends and his Defensive line mates, Quanzel Lambert, they grew up together. They really dreamed of playing on the same defensive line at Rutgers, and that was cut short. And you're going to hear that now. If you're a Scarlet Report premium member, you heard this on Monday, so feel free to skip to the end. Obviously still listen to our lovely sponsors and our advertisements. It's the best way to support the show. Speaking of supporting the show, please like and subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. Send me a tweet. Send Sebastian Joseph a tweet. Let him know you had fun hearing about his history as a thespian and as always uh, check out scarletreport.com for the latest most extensive coverage from the front lines we're not there to get you to click on things we're not there to drum up controversy we're there to talk about what's going on and we're there to bring you into the program as best we can if you'd like an extended free trial shoot me an email and reference the podcast and we'll take care of it but again thanks for listening i am your publisher your host sam hellman of Scarlet Report, here is Miles Nash. Talking about Timber Creek, obviously you've been close with Quanzel forever. I mean, obviously your heart goes out to him, but just how do you react to that and, and what do you kind of do to move past it? Um, Quanzel, man, he's, he's a great dude. He's, uh, he's more like my brother. Um, our relationship, you know, it surpasses far past football. Um, talking about a guy, even when we're home, you know, he's always at my house, sometimes at my house when I'm not even there. And uh, uh, you ask any, any of my four brothers, uh, 
we consider Quanzel to be that fifth brother among us all. And um, uh, my mom tries to be a mother to him, you know, because he's uh, his situation with his family and stuff like that. His dad, his dad's a single father and stuff like that. So he's he's really someone that I'm really close to. Um, you talk about uh, me coming here, him probably being 65% of the reason I came here. I come here uh, three years, first three years, I'm playing sparingly, special teams, stuff like that. I finally get my body weight to the size it's supposed to be. Um, I build up some consistency to try to revive my career. And I finally get to get on the field and, and three games into four games in the season, his season's over. And, and that's pretty much these four games was the only opportunities that I had to be on the field at the same time. And, and um, it's a very emotional situation. Um, definitely something that's hard to talk about. Uh, I was on the field with him when he got hurt. <laughs> and uh, I dropped a little tear. And he, he, he's so he's so upbeat and so uh, so positive. They just looked at me like made a face like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, uh, so I, you know, I manned up and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. Yo, let, me, let me stop. But he's definitely like, like I said, he's my best friend. Very emotional situation. Um, I don't know what this means going forward as far as D-line or how many more snaps I'm getting, but whatever it does mean, I'm, I'm just going to continue to do good in my role and, and get the coaches 110% with, that, with everything I'm doing. I'm just going to guess that whether you get more snaps or yeah. a different role or whatever, you're putting a lot of that emotion into helping Quanzel and yeah. trying to you know, represent for him and have mm-hmm. a good season yeah. to help him out. And that's the beautiful thing about Quanzel is that you know, I was at his house last night. You, you, you would never be able to tell when the kid is is going through something. Um, he's so positive. He's he's so good at, at being able to just block everything out and stay positive in any type of situation. And and I think that's one of the, one of the great things about him, and one of the reasons why I love having him around. Because when, when I'm going through stuff, he he's so positive and. And even when I was going through the stuff uh, my past couple of years, not really playing like that, he was just so positive, such a positive influence for me just to have him in my life. And, you know, uh, now I'm trying to be positive for him. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, do all the right things I, I can do for him to let him know, you know, I'm not going to let him down. It's big shoes to fill. But the great thing about me and Darnell and the other guys who are back in uh, JP on Quanzolo is that we aren't short on any confidence, you know what I mean? We're, we're definitely very confident about what we can do on the field. And our biggest thing is to make sure that when we're in there, that it's the least amount of drop-off as possible. And, and, that's, and that's pretty much all we can do right now. Uh, last question, you playing against Ohio State, I mean, Coach Shannon recruited you when you were an underclassman. There's Jersey guys out there. What do you think about playing against them? Um, first of all, I just want to thank Coach Shannon Stuff. Everything is done for me, y'all. I still remember, like yesterday, uh, I was a kid. Timber Creek had a bunch of guys on my team who were national recruits, had no offers. We had a, a 7 o'clock game versus Delsey, who was ranked number one in South Jersey at that time. And I probably had one of the best defensive games of my career, and Coach Shiano was in attendance. And then uh, right after that game, you know, just uh, had a conversation with him and, and things of that nature. And we even talked about football and things like that, how he liked what he's seen. And then a week later, he offered me. And after that, my recruitment kind of took off. And we had a great relationship in the recruitment process. And it was unfortunate to see him beat Tampa Bay, but 
the fact that he was so positive and, and being able to recruit me to this program, and it, it left it's, it left its mark when he left because uh, ultimately I didn't come here even with Coach Shiano. A lot of a lot of the guys, Coach Shiano leaving, Coach Flood, and a lot of the guys from that staff they stayed. And I just loved Derek so much, so he definitely was a big influence. Uh, I look forward to you know uh, speaking to him, thinking to him, thanking him after the game. But as far as going on how I'm playing uh, with the journey connections and things like that, I'm really excited to go there and have the opportunity to play those guys. Um, we just got done watching film on them. Uh, they're a very competitive team, obviously, ranked high. And um, like I said, the same thing about us is that we have this chip on our shoulder. And we're not showing any confidence. Uh, we're going in there. We, we anticipated to be a good game. And we just want to do all we can to come up with that. It's just another game on the schedule to us. Thanks, man. Thank It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.